Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. Today, I have with me Dario Reichmann, one of the founders of a very interesting startup that I came across recently, Textomap. And basically, this turns text, you know, it does exactly what the name suggests, it, it turns text into a map. Um, it, it's very slick looking, uh, and so I wanted to get him on the on the show here so he could tell us all about what they're up to. Dario, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Bria, maybe you could start just by briefly introducing yourself, and then um, and then let's dive straight into what what exactly Textomap is. All right, my name is Dario. Um, Forty-one years old, living in Berlin, uh, married with two kids. I'm a UX designer by, by profession or by, uh, that's what I learned, education, or I learned visual communication. When I was in school, there wasn't really any UX design because there weren't any phones yet, any smartphones or anything like that. Um, and yeah, progress from that. And yeah, and currently today we're working along with my partner and my wife and I, she's also the co-founder of Text2Map. We're working on Text2Map and growing it every day. And what exactly is Textomap? What is the what is the problem you're solving, and what what prompted the two of you to to build this? So, uh, Textomap is like you said exactly what it does. It turns um, textual content um, into geospatial maps. And why do we do it? Because um, content that is location based or geo based most of the time needs a map in order to really understand the, the context, get a better overview of, of the content, right? So if you're talking about travel, you're talking about education like geography, history, news, or other things like that, you need to, to in order to understand the whole, the whole context, the whole um, subject, uh, a map. And maps take a lot of time and effort to create. Uh, you need to learn the tool to create it. Um, people, a lot of the time, don't provide maps because of this reason, because for every small article or for every class, you need to open up some kind of mapping tool and spend an hour or so creating this kind of map. So for us, it was really important, and it came from, from our need, basically, when we were traveling a lot, to say, okay, um, we need this information to be accessible. We need this information to be uh, created quickly, to have an overview quickly. Um, why not try to do that? And so it started from that. Uh, you know, we, we worked on it uh, for, we've been working on it for about two years. And uh, with uh, ChatGPT and, and all the AI revolution really kicking off uh, the start of the year, it really also helped us a little bit more integrate these these kind of things into our platform and give give more uh, um, abilities to text the map. So the the use case is kind of for consumers, right? If I understand correctly, so someone who's who's traveling, as you said, or as a, a news article. But so who are the users? Those are typically professionals. It's like this is kind of a B two B to C kind of model. Is that uh, how I could think about it? So basically, our users are B two B and B two C. So B two B are um, travel agents, 
and um, educators, uh, real estate agents, all these kind of people, basically people that uh, their content has uh, loca is location-based, right? They're talking about locations, they deal with locations. And also B2C are users who, who are reading an article, who are uh, also looking up for, for travel content for their own to, trip, to plan a trip, and they don't, a lot of these articles, these posts, don't really have a map. They just have pictures and text, so they use it in order to really understand what the, the, the itinerary is about, right? So um, both B2C and both B2B, while um, the, the pro plan, right, or, or the way we make uh, money is, is basically divided into uh, the pro plan that B2C, uh, uh, the B2B users uh, are using to, in order to uh, access uh, the maps, in order to be able to embed them, in order to be able to use the, our, the API that, that we're working on. And B2C, basically, we, we run ads. So you can use our, our free plan and, 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 and create these maps and use them and save them and share them. Um, but you have to see some ads here and there, right, in order to, so we can support the, the platform and keep it running. Okay, and so if I understood it correctly, I, I basically I just dump in some text and you extract the locations from that and then you and then you put them on a map. Is that correct? Right. Is that... So you can do three things or three different um, ways that you can actually use our platform. So the first one is you take any text that you want, you copy paste it into the editor and you get a map from it. It can be any text that has location in it, itineraries, it's a story, uh, Wikipedia uh, article, whatever. doesn't matter. And then... And, and we should say you do this in many different languages, right? right. Not just, it's not just English. Right, exactly. So we support, I guess, the main languages. The only main language that we don't support would be Arabic. And apologies to any languages that we don't support that are uh, uh, very... Uh, large, uh, they, like I guess um, some Hindu languages that a lot of people speak that we don't support, but Chinese, English, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, German, French, uh, Korean, Japanese, etc. Uh, so yeah, so this, this is what makes it really accessible to, to a lot of people, and they can also use content that they, that's not in their language. So if I'm from Korea and I want to use some text in English, I can do it, right? And I don't need to know uh, to read any English. I can already see it. Um, yeah, so basically you can use text, any text, any article, anything that you wrote yourself. That's one way. The second way is that we have a Chrome extension. And with the Chrome extension, you don't even need to leave the, the website you're on, the, the web page you're on. You just uh, select any text that you want, and then you use the extension, and you see a map already in the web browser itself. So this is also... Um, when we're talking about accessibility, but we're talking about making it uh, maps uh, a part of everyday life, it's as easy as, as searching Google, as easy as bookmarking a page, right? As easy as using Grammarly when you're writing, that it, it, it autocorrects you and helps you. So this is also a way uh, to to make maps accessible to everybody, make it uh, something uh, a work, make it part of your everyday workflow or, or web browsing uh, habits. And the, the third one, which is also uh, really exciting, and we were able to implement it in the in the past months, is um, that you can create maps with AI. With we implemented the ChatGPT API, which means that you can ask TextMap uh, any question, of course about uh, locations. So um, who 
who was, uh, which countries were participating in World War II, what's the highest mountain in the world, etc. These kind of questions, and you will get an answer on a map, right? So you can also, you can get answers on a map, you know, to questions that you have, or, or maybe you're a teacher and you want to visualize this, this question to your students, or you want to uh, get travel advice, you know, what to see in Paris, what to see in Rome. And, and you get that straight away on the map, right? With locations, uh, uh, with links to Wikipedia, with images. Well, the first thing I have to ask here, I mean, as someone who's spent many years working on geocoding and, uh, you know, this, this issue always comes up, parsing, parsing uh, locations out of text. And, you know, frankly, it's, it's really, really hard because of all the false positives. You know, I mean, humans, humans uh, reuse names constantly or, you know, you have, uh, and I mean, the classic example is always, the, you know, an article about Jack London has nothing to do with London, right? So uh, how do you solve that? I mean, are, uh, how, what, are, are the maps good or are they, you know, does it require some fine tuning by a human afterwards or how does it... How do you address this? Right, exactly. Um, so first of all, um, of course, nothing's perfect. You know, Google's not perfect. Alexa's not perfect. Um, AI's not perfect. Um, so of course, there are always um, here and there things that are not correct. Um, we were very hard uh, on our algorithm to, to find these kind of areas where where, where there could be issues. Um, of course, we also rely on, on the human um, uh, sense, saying, hey, text-to-map takes uh, location-based articles, text, and creates a map from it. So if you're adding, if you're putting in a, a text article that has nothing to do with uh, locations in the world, right, then of course we will say, hey, listen, we couldn't find something relevant. Please make sure that okay. you have locations, etc." Second of all, exactly. So if I'm writing Jack London, something about Jack London, we will find, the system will find London. What you can do afterwards, after you have this map, you can manually edit it. You can say, okay, Jack London, I didn't mean London. You remove it from the map with one click and you can assign and reassign locations manually. So you can say, okay, Jack London has nothing to do with London, but Jack London was in um, Montreal. Right, and then you know, say okay, assign it to Montreal or or something like that. Um, for example, you can, if you want to say, like we have, we have an example on our website that we 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 show that you can take a, an article that talks about uh, Game of Thrones filming locations, right? But you don't, you want to say okay, so uh, uh, Winterfell is is in Ireland and uh, uh, King's Landing is in Dubrovnik, and you want to have King's Landing and Winterfell. Uh, um, that you, when you hover on them, when you when you uh, um, you know select them, that it shows exactly where it was filmed. So you can do that. You can assign basically any text uh, to any place in the world, and that's that's what makes text to max special. Apart from really being being able to to create uh, these maps from from text automatically, is that it talks about it also keeps the relationship between the text and the map. So while you're reading about, while you're reading the text, uh, the locations that it found are marked, are highlighted. And once you highlight and once you hover on the text, then it takes you to the place um, on the map. 
So, and, and vice versa, right? If you hover in a map, it takes you to the location on the text. So it's not only about creating text from uh, maps from text, it's about the relationship between the, the, the text and the map because these kind of content, that's the whole point of these kind of content, um, geo-based, location-based content, that the map and the text are, are connected to each other and you need both in order to really understand it. I see, okay. Um, well, so the obvious question I have for you guys, um, I mean, with you and, and your wife, you know, th this, this is a massively complex problem. How are the two of you solving this? I mean, how can it be two people, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe the team's slightly bigger, but, you know, uh, uh, so if I understand correctly, you're kind of using all these different APIs and pieces behind the scenes, is that correct? And then you have, your magic is kind of the, the wrapper around all that and the user interface. Is that, is that, would that be a good uh, kind of summary of the situation? Well, um, of course, we, d we didn't create from zero the whole uh, database of locations in the world, right? Um, we use third-party sources and databases, of course. Um, where what we have done or where our power is is exactly the how we build it all together a in the back end um and that's because of uh dana the, the my co-founder that she's the she's the cto ceo and cto of Texamap. Uh, she has a lot of experience she's really good at what she does and the second would be really the the way we we, we basically rebuild the platform um and um the point was to really make it as easy and intuitive as possible to create these kind of maps. So the the, the design behind it, and we had the um, we have the, the luck that uh, uh, Dan is a very uh, competent uh, uh, developer with a lot of experience, and I am also a um, UX designer. Uh, also worked as an art director at an agency, so I have marketing experience and and designing experience for a lot of different companies and a lot of years. So basically we have um, all we had we have all that we need to, to 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 develop this platform, right? Well it does, it certainly looks very slick. So congrats, congrats to all of you. Um, I guess this raises an interesting question. You know, here on the podcast uh, over the last year and, and also at our events, we've seen more and more startups and more and more people trying to iterate on this theme of making map making simple. Uh, you know, and people take different approaches. So your approach is uh, turning the text into a map, and some people focus just on, um, you know, very simple interface, or they focus just on uh, setting pins on the map or whatever. And uh, and so I guess what I'm wondering is why do you, any, any thoughts is, why do the big players make it so hard? Why can they not resist the temptation to make it more and more complicated? Um, I, I, I mean, you must, you must think about that because, um, I mean, why is it that we need, you know, it's very cool what you and others are doing, but why, why can the, the big map providers not, why, why has Google Maps become so complex, for example? Uh, what do you think? It's a good question. Um, I think at the beginning, they, they did, they were working on it. Did they give it some, some, uh, some thought? They build uh, my maps, right? Google my maps, and then at some point they realized um, that uh, I guess uh, they that be too, that there's no really much point for them to to keep on going with my maps. So yeah, people can can create maps with what they have. They can put pins on a map, but that's it. And they um, 
decided to go all the way with, which I think it was a good decision for them, uh, with uh, basically Google Maps, right? So it's more focused on navigation and finding businesses and basically search, right? So it's just searching on the map for, for, for Google, navigating. Um, so they totally went on that direction. And they just left the option. Um, this is what Google actually, uh, if you look at a lot of their products, a lot of them, they, they start something and then they just kind of leave it there. Yeah, kind of withers, yeah. They it, kinda it, leave, and then yeah, they kind of leave it for, okay, people can use it and they use it. and and, and um, But they don't really invest much effort in it, right? Um, I guess they don't see how maybe they can make uh, so much money from it, etc. Uh, like Google, they, what they de- what they decided to do with their API, their Google Maps API, for example, for businesses, they're taking a ton of money from these businesses and it makes it really really hard to make uh, uh, products with Google Maps, right? With the API, this is why we're using Mapbox, for example. This is why a lot of companies are also using uh, Google Maps and uh, the, 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 the startups that are, using, um, that are using Google Maps, basically, you see that their pricing has to be super high. So you get like 10 cents a map or something like that. You, you have to invest to create a map. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of effort. And, well, um, it's, it's been very good, I think, for the OpenStreetMap ecosystem <laughs> in that regard. It's in that a lot more yeah. people, people who previously weren't maybe open to using OpenStreetMap, exactly. you know, now all of a sudden they're forced to. And so as a result, we see more usage of OpenStreetMap and thus hopefully also more investment in OpenStreetMap over time. Exactly. So I think because of those reasons, right, so um, yeah, a, a lot invest of making, so, so ma- making products about making maps look nice because... Google My Maps looks really bad. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, people want uh, basically, you know, aesthetics. People want nice-looking maps, good-looking websites. Um, is, that, is that why you went with, what was your thought process behind using Mapbox for your maps versus one of the other OpenStreetMap providers? Right. So, um, one, one of the cases was an open map, uh, Mapbox. They have uh, very good uh, pricing, right? That was one of them. Second one is that visual-wise um, and um, interactive-wise, like UX-wise, it's a really nice experience uh, with them. Yeah? So we can provide uh, uh, our users when, when, while they're browsing the map, you know, and the, the connection between the text and map is really nice and, and it moves really uh, beautiful. And they also have a lot of uh, data layers that you can put on it that we can provide also uh, users so there's a lot there, right? Um, it's not just about showing uh, uh, the map uh, in connection to the text. It's just creating uh, the tech, the map from the text. It's really about also uh, the aesthetics of it, uh, the, the experience of it while using it. I guess another question I have is, you know, you mentioned that the, you recently rolled out the integration with ChatGPT and... Um, you know, obviously, everyone in the, across the entire tech world, not just geospatial, has been, you know, we've been hit by this tsunami of interest in, in AI and everything, you know, it feels like, it literally feels like every week there's there are 10 new major announcements and new products and, and now Google is coming back and Facebook is launching stuff and, you know, and it, frankly, it's a bit overwhelming. It's hard to stay on top of it. And... Um, 
and you see so many cool, interesting experiments. So, so what is it like developing on top of that? I mean, it, 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 it just feels like such a dynamic base where things are shifting literally by the week. So how, how do you approach that, and how do you, how do you try to create a a dependable service, you know, because you don't want to you don't want to launch different features and announce them, and then a week later you shift to a different platform. Maybe you don't have those features, or, or the features are different. Or, yeah, how how do you handle that? Well, yeah. So the AI revolution really uh, has gone crazy, and I also feel it because, of course, I, uh, you know, I'm, I follow the, these kind of things on Twitter and 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 in the media, and I think if you're really involved in it, you feel like. That's it. You know, it's it, the revolution has begun, and 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 the end of the world is coming, etc. But then, if you maybe step outside to people that uh, are not like in the tech world or that you know don't really uh, uh, care about AI, then you know you don't really even hear about it that much. So we have to take things in proportion. A eh? um, also see where I where AI really is. So there's some really cool stuff that is possible, but we're also like a far really far along um in so it really becomes like super game changer to 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 your mother uh to your aunt to uh, a 16 year old kid um their their effect the effect there for these people um is not there yet so for us it feels like oh it's this boom but uh let's wait and see like at the end of the day, once the, everything settles, like what we're actually using it for. And of course, there's a lot of really cool things and important things that we can do with it. Um, and a lot of stuff that is, okay, you know, what's the point of it? Like uh, making uh, Drake songs from, from AI, you know, what's the point? Um, stuff like that. Um, what, so we started uh, building Text2Map before ChatGPT launched and all, or even OpenAI, really every, anybody knew what it was, right? So the idea became before and, and, and the reason why we also built this large algorithm and, and this thing was because there wasn't, um, the capabilities were not that uh, high when it comes to, to to AI or NLP, etc. So we really had to to make a lot of thought around it. Um, and then when open and when the ChatGPT came, it it just it fitted great into um, the platform because um, we're not like based on ChatGPT or or any other thing. Basically, we turn we we do what we do with text and maps, and the next day. We can decide that Bard does a better job than ChatGPT, and we can just switch there because what happens in the background, um, we just we we do we take the best thing um, in order to to give the results the best results to our users. Right. So at the end of the day, they have a job that they want to do. The job is to create a map from a text source or from a question that they have, and we provide the the best way to do it. Okay, very nice, very nice. I'm, I mean, it's certainly impressive. I do advise all listeners to check it out because it. This is, you know, I, I've heard, I've heard some. I, I read an article recently. The soft hypothesis. Obviously, one of the ramifications of the AI is that you know we're not going to need software developers anymore. Um, but you know, which which feels a bit exaggerated to me. But but I do think the work will change and it will become more about 
fitting the different pieces together and doing so in a very uh, usable manner and, and uh, figuring out who is your target audience and making sure you adapt it specifically to the needs of those target audience. Mm -hmm. And it really feels like you guys have done that. I mean, it's it's a very slick looking site. Thank you. Um, and and I, I, I hope everyone checks it out. And I, I, I'm hopeful um, uh, you or, or your co-founder, one of you, maybe we can get you to speak at a Geomob Berlin in the autumn or something like sure. that. So happy to. Um, so, well, on on that regard, uh, you're 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 not you're not from Berlin. Why 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 is the business based in Berlin? What um, and how are you finding the geospatial scene in Berlin? Right. Uh, so we're ba we're based in Berlin because we've been living in Berlin for the past uh, eleven years. All right. Okay. Right. So we just we live here and we started it. So uh, we're we're here. I guess this. Yeah, uh, the startup scene, and, and I guess here you can find uh, Travel Massive if you know them. So they they, they have a, a lot of things going on here in Berlin, and there's some nice. Um, I, I don't know if you, you know like Drive Now, Share Now. So they 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 they're based um, or they have uh, some um, branches here in Berlin. So you see them a lot. Um, in the sense of, I guess, of a big geospatial scene, etc. There's well, there, there, you know, there are there's some big companies. There's here and um, a lot of people in logistics mm -hmm. type stuff. Some travel stuff, classified stuff. A lot of OpenStreetMap people, of course, as as elsewhere in Germany. But but. Um, I think it's quite a quite a scene, and um, and yeah, obviously we're hoping to to be a part of that via the GeoMob Berlin events. So uh, everyone out there listening in Berlin or around Berlin should please please come to one of the next um, next events. Um, we're actually recording right before the June first event, but um, the, uh, probably this episode won't be published. Uh, I, definitely, this episode won't be published before that. But our next event will be September twenty seventh. September 27th, in, so um, encourage all listeners to join us for that. So, um, Dario, let's let's uh, let's wrap things up. Um, what, any final thoughts or final notes, or what what does the future hold for Textimap? What what's kind of the next step? Right. So right now we're focusing on growing. Right. Um, marketing. We basically we we're at a point where we we're also we want to grow. So grow our user base. We're doing a lot of marketing. Um, and we're focusing on a couple of really large things. So the first thing is the API. We have a lot of cool requests from uh, people that want to use our API. So we're working on our API so they can, so uh, to provide that. Uh, we're also working on integrating with the, um, larger partners like uh, the word, uh, word a plugin for WordPress um, and further things. So. The point is really to 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 help uh, our users really create maps really easier, faster from their content that already exists, and anything that 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 helps them and, and promotes this kind of thing, like like the API and like the WordPress plugin. Well, we're doing that. Well, I, I I think WordPress could be exactly your target audience. I mean, people don't. You know, as as a, as a developer, and and I assume many of the listeners of this program are kind of at, at the leading edge of the internet and checking out the new innovations and things. We I think we tend to underestimate how massive WordPress is for for the normal people. I mean, it is gigantic, and if you can get you know one percent of that or whatever, um, 
that that can be really just an avalanche of of usage. So, good luck to you. Thank you. Um, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us about it. I, I, I do recommend everyone checks it out. What is, what is the best way, Dario, for people to get in touch with you if they have some questions? Right. So best way is just uh, with email. So dario at texttomap.com. Uh, we also have a little chat support bubble in the website. They can also contact me there. Uh, Twitter uh, at uh, Dario uh, Reichmann, right? Um, LinkedIn also uh, search my name and I'm always available anybody who wants to talk speak etc feel free okay perfect <laughs> well, we'll make sure to get those links in the show notes then so people can check them out thanks very much Dario, and I look forward to um, to meeting at a, at a Geomap Berlin in the future and hopefully you uh, or someone from the team will be speaking so yeah thanks very much thank you for having me thanks a lot Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is GeoMob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.